With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jeff Leppard coming back from break. Kellen, I forgot to bring this up and get you to queue up some songs. 35 years ago today, Hysteria was released. Oh. Greatest album of all time. My favorite album ever. Now, that was Let It Go off High and Dry, which came out in 1981. Maybe coming back from the last break, you can fire up uh, Animal or Armageddon It or Run Riot. Wouldn't mind hearing the start of Run Riot. That's a great track. Wasn't a single. Great song. All right. uh, Leopard. In Edmonton, one week from tomorrow at Commonwealth Stadium. What a summer at Commonwealth. Garth Brooks. One month, you mean. What did I say? You said one week. I wish it were one week. (laughs) I know you're excited. I'm excited, too. Because I get it talking about Def Leppard. I can't concentrate. Joan Jett's on the bill. I love Joan Jett. And I love uh, Motley Crue. So there we go. Are are you going? I will be there, yep. Definitely. Okay. Good. Well, maybe we'll wind up in the same row like we did randomly for the Guns N' Roses concert. A few yeah, that was so, weird. Yes, <laughs> the concert is, so it's, it's Sunday, September 4th. Yes. So it's uh, Joan Jett, and I believe this is the order they're going in. Joan Jett, Poison, uh, Def Leppard, and Motley Crue. Right. Def Leppard, the main attraction for me. But 35 years ago today, they put out Hysteria. So maybe you can mix in a track off that album before we uh, go tonight. Oh, well. Later do. on this half hour, by the way, like, uh, Lucky Whitehead electrifying player from the BC Lions is going to join us. Elks at Lions on Saturday, 6.30 for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 8. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The NBA coming to Edmonton. Preseason game Sunday, October 2nd. Raptors and Jazz at Rogers Place. Rogers Place, the home of your Edmonton Oilers, who have agreed to a contract with Kyler Yamamoto, avoiding the arbitration hearing that would have taken place on Sunday. It's a two-year contract. It's worth $3.1 million per season. We had Ken Holland, the GM of the Oilers, on the show earlier who talked a little bit about Yamamoto and his place on the team. Yeah, first off, he's got hockey sense and hands, you know, so he's smart. Uh, he doesn't throw the puck away. You know, if you're a, if you're a, a skill forward, we've got some skill forwards. You know, he, he hangs onto the puck. He can protect the puck, and he, you know, he can make plays. Um, he forechecks, you know, so he gets in there, forces the uh, the other team's defenseman to make make uh, make mistakes. He's he's relentless. He's persistent on the puck. 
Um, and um, you know, so you know, certainly he 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 he, he gets pucks. He, he retrieves pucks. He gets pucks, and he for his line mates, for himself, and for his for his line mates. And when he does have the puck, he hangs onto the puck and um, doesn't doesn't turn it over. And uh, you know, I thought that last year. You know, he was he went went along and he had a real big March. Um, I think he had eight eight of his 21 goals in the month of March. Obviously, it was an important time in the year when we were pushing, trying to you know, push our way into a playoff spot. And then, uh, you know, he played good for us in the you know half a point a game in the in the playoffs. Uh, you know, with us going uh, into the into the third round of the playoffs and playing three really good hockey teams. So, you know, I thought he made uh, made real progress this year. Um, I'm hoping he can build on it um, and, um, you know, kind of continue to, to be a 20-goal scorer and, and uh, continue to do the things that, uh, that, he's, that he's doing that help us be a, be a good hockey team. All right, so that's uh, Ken Holland cut from his interview earlier tonight on Inside Sports. Also, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Oilers avoided arbitration with Jesse Pugliarvi, one-year deal, $3 million. Now, there's still speculation out there could Pugliarvi be traded? Does, does he want to continue playing for the Oilers? Remember a couple of years ago, him and his agent actually did, uh, did well, I guess they were up to three years ago for that. Now, did want out of, uh, did want out of Edmonton. So I, I asked Ken Holland sort of the, the status with Pugliarvi. Could anything else be going on? Well, I don't have anything going right now and we're pretty well, you know, at the cap. I think if you go to cap friendly, when you factor in, uh, Cloughbaum and, and Mike Smith on on, on, on on going on LTI that we're we're, we're pretty well spent. Um, I will you know now there's you know once the arbitration process is over you know there's some players unsigned that are probably looking for opportunity and they're gonna there's gonna be some good buys so I'm gonna explore the market for the good buys so you know I would think for the most part I'm done I think that uh, for the next um, two three weeks everyone in the league kind of shuts down here pretty quick now uh, in terms of business you know because uh, everybody spent their money and they're looking forward to training camp so I would anticipate that uh, what we've got is what we're going to camp with but um, you know work the phones here once we get probably once we get into September you know just to, to see what other teams are thinking you're always looking for ways to make your make your team better and uh you know, in Jesse's case, obviously he did. He got off to a great start, and then I thought he kind of lost his confidence. And there was a coaching change; his role changed a little bit. And I think that um, you know, for most players in the NHL, confidence is such a big part of of being successful. And when you start to lose your swagger and your confidence a little bit, you know, you start to press. It get it gets harder and harder and harder. And then and then obviously your your role starts to you know, maybe your, your ice time decreases and, and then, and then it, it just, it turns into a, to a spiral. So I, you know, probably part of the reason why we eventually saw this is settled on a one year um, contract with Jesse, you know, really hard to know, you know, obviously he's hoping they can bounce back and, and, and do over 80 games, what he did over the first quarter of the season. And, and uh, you know, certainly that's what we're hoping uh, we're hoping as well. All right, so a little bit there from Ken Holland uh, commenting on uh, Jesse Pugliarvi and what might be up with him and what he has to do to uh, to be an important player on the Oilers this season coming up. Uh, full interview, uh, Kellen has podcast. It's on the Inside Sports page on 630 
Com. Yeah, uh, that, that news broke just as the show was uh, starting tonight. So thanks to Ken Holland for hopping on on short notice. And again, if you missed it earlier, Brendan Escott filling in for Bob on Oilers now. They're uh, working on Kyler Yamamoto tomorrow. So that'd be interesting to hear from Yamo as well. I mentioned the NBA coming to Edmonton for a preseason game October 2nd. Kellen, have you been to an NBA game? I have not been to an NBA game, no. I have been to... Uh, two NBA games. I went to remember this team, the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> uh, I went to a, a game in 2004 mm-hmm. and they played uh, Indiana shortly after the malice at the palace. So they had suspended players. Uh, Reggie Miller was injured. So Indiana played uh, with eight players. They, they had 10 players and they subbed a couple guys in right at the end of the game. But these were players I think they had on 10-day contracts just so they could dress. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, 10, just so they could dress 10 guys because with injuries and suspensions. And th- that was the year Seattle started 25-5 and five or something crazy like that. And then I got to see Kobe Bryant play in L.A. in his last season in the NBA. Oh, there you go. The Lakers right were awful. They lost fairly a uh, fairly lopsided loss to the Chicago Bulls that night. But it was all about Kobe. The fans were anytime he touched the ball, it was electrifying. I think he made one or two three pointers in the game, and everybody was excited. But as a team, it wasn't a very good year for the Lakers. That was a cool experience seeing and seeing a game there. So, uh, and so have you been to a game in each of the big four? NBA, you're a no. Or what no. about Major League Baseball? And no, not not for Major League Baseball. I've been in a Major League Baseball uh, ballpark on a and tour what about before, NFL? but never. Uh, NFL, I've been a couple of times. Yeah, I've I went right, to go see, see games at uh, the old Kingdome in Seattle and at the new uh, stadium in Seattle too. So. so I didn't go to the Kingdom. I've been to the new. I've I've only been to games in Seattle. I've been to four uh, four games there. So mm-hmm. all right, well you, you, we got to get you to an NBA game and a Major League Baseball game. There we go. Yeah, maybe we can t- take the show on the road. Although Kellen goes to a game. Yeah, although does watching a Major League Baseball team play its farm team count? Because I've seen the Oakland A's come to Edmonton to play the then Edmonton Trappers no, back in the count. 90s. No, that does not count. We're, okay. We're going to count regular season in an actual... Yes, I mean, I've been to Edmonton Trappers games in the past and uh, other teams that have been in the River Valley since then. Mm. All right, well, we got to... There you go, Kellen. We got a lot to work on. We got to build the... We got to keep the slaw going, the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling. We got to build the... Uh, hologram, the the little device that makes a holographic uh, Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. We got a. We're still uh, CSI Vegreville is still in development. <laughs> yes, and uh, that's going to be a great show, by the way. Mrs. Korpenyak had a dozen pierogies. There's only eight left. Looks like we have a problem. <laughs> is that what the line was from David Caruso? Yeah, there we go. Anyway, he put his take, put his glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> And you get the won't get fooled again by the who happening. And <laughs> yeah, we'd have to get some kind of uh, we we'd get uh, a Ukrainian band to do a cover of a of a who song, the Flying the, Shumkas for, for a theme song for CSI Vegreville. So we got the slaw, we got the uh, the Christmas tree CSI Vegreville, and now we got to get you to an NBA and an NFL game. Mm-hmm. I wonder which which one of those is most achievable. <laughs> well, I, I have a feeling which one it is, but. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. Okay, we will get lucky with one of the top players on the BC Lions when we get back to Inside Sports.
Yeah, well, McDavid looked like he was doing his own version of run riot when he celebrated that overtime goal against the Calgary Flames. Tying it all together. Run Riot from Def Leppard's classic album, Hysteria, came out in 1987. Elks at Lions on Saturday. The Edmonton defense is going to try to shut down this guy, BC receiver Lucky Whitehead. Lucky, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks a lot for checking in. I, I'm going to dive right in with something I, I've wanted to know ever since I saw you make a name for yourself here in the Canadian Football League. Why do they call you Lucky? What's the story behind the nickname? <laughs> Yeah, uh, my cousin kind of gave it to me. I guess um, when I was when I was born, uh, they came to visit me at the hospital. Kind of asked the doctor what uh, what room number my mom was in, and uh, they ended up coming to the room. And my older cousin had just out of nowhere, "Where's Lucky at?" My mom was like, "Who the hell is that?" And it's been kind of my name since since birth. So it's nothing special behind it, but it was, I guess it's kind of cool. It's a cool name. That started early. Wow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Does anybody call you by your given name or names? Uh, my mother, I guess when she's upset about something when I was younger, she would. Uh, my dad would because I was, I was a junior. So my dad would call me uh, by my real name every now and then. But as I got older, and I don't, I don't hear it much. Okay. Well, unless, now... unless some friends are trying to be funny, they'll, 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 they'll throw it out there. Okay. Well, I'm glad I got the story. Now I know uh, what, what I watch you play. Uh, now, t- tell me, so you mentioned a little bit about your family there. Tell me about your athletic uh, childhood. Like, were, did you get into football right when you were a little guy, or where did it start for you? Yeah, I started playing football when I was five. Uh, I was around it as far as my older cousins. My brother uh, played. So I was around it since I was very young. I was kind of the the youngest out of my siblings and cousins. Um, So it was always just around and still in our brain. Um, So, yeah, I've been playing since I was five. So I've been been going, I've been kicking for a while. Were you always a a receiver? I mean, obviously, we in the CFL, we know you as a really good player, explosive player, big plays. Was that always your MO or what were you when you were a kid? Yeah, I was always I was always fast. Um, I mean, it was some other guys I was out there fast with, just as fast, or I was maybe a little bit faster. But I was like a running back at times. You know, in little league football, you don't really throw the ball as much, so we find a way to do reverses, handoffs. So I kind of play a little bit of running back and slot back. Um, I played a little bit of defense, and then as I got older, as far as like high school, I was I seen the talent kept getting bigger. And I wasn't getting bigger, so I, I don't want to play defense anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it worked out pretty well for you. Uh, yeah, obviously. definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, some guys have told me, and like you said, a lot of young players play on both sides of the ball, right? Because they're, they're good athletes or there's only so many players on the team. Some guys have said that they picked, a couple guys have told me they picked defense because they realize they get to hit instead of be hit. But yeah, but uh, you, you yeah, just... no, I'm all the way around. I don't. I've seen how big these running backs were getting, the receivers were getting. I said, I'm I'm better going forward. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, I mean, look, you you obviously had a really good college career. You spent some time in the National Football League. Tell us about first coming to Canada. I know you joined uh, Winnipeg, I think, a little over three years ago. When did the CFL really become an option for you? And before you came up here, did you know much about the league? 
I didn't. I've I've seen I've seen like the league sporadically, like when I was down in the states on TV. Uh, I always wondered about the waggle. Like when when did they know the quarterback was going to snap the ball? Um, so it was def- I was definitely curious. Um, yeah, when I got the call to to go to to rookie minicamp in Winnipeg, uh, I just thought I guess doing a little more research and learning. And then when I finally got the camp, uh, and and actually on a CFL field, it was a lot different for me. It was the field was obviously huge, and I had to I had to adapt and adjust my game pretty quickly because I was I was I was speed cutting everything. All my routes were either too fast, just because it, the field was so big and the waggle. I felt like I was running for a long time already, so I would cut everything short, and I had to. And that was something I needed to work on. So was that the biggest adjustment? Because other players have told me that on both sides of the ball. Forget about the longer field, the wider field, three downs versus four downs, the bigger end zone. A lot of guys have said that the biggest adjustment was the waggle. So so how do how did you ultimately get used to it? I definitely I definitely got used to it as far as the timing and all that. But I would I would have ten to twelve yard routes, but I'm waggling from ten yards back. So I would lose track of where I was as far as my depth. I would run routes at eight to ten and not ten to twelve. So that that was something I needed to adjust and work on. And over time I definitely got better at. Okay. Well, yeah, seems to be working out okay for you. Lucky Whitehead from the BC Lions joining us tonight on Inside Sports. It'll be the Lions and Elks on six thirty chat on Saturday night. Look, I gotta ask you about one of your teammates. What can you say about Nathan Rourke? I heard you chuckle there. You knew exactly where I was going, didn't you? Yeah, what a what a yeah. what a year this kid is having. Yeah, man, he's a he's an exceptional guy, exceptional athlete, uh, super smart, a leader, on and off the field. Uh, I mean, we try to we try to get him excited when he makes great plays. Obviously, when we're scoring, we try to get him to just come celebrate just a little bit, and he tries to hold it in, but. Um, you know, it's just great to see. Great to see him, you know, uh, evolving and, you know, progressing the way he is. But uh, it's no surprise in our locker room. Um, we know what kind of guy we were getting. That's obviously why we signed back. Like a lot of guys signed back on offense. Just because we knew we were dealing with, we knew what kind of guy we were about to get. And, you know, I'm just happy that he's out here showing it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty amazing. And obviously, you guys had a huge game against the Elks. Uh, does, does anything that happened back in week one factor into this? I mean, are you, is that or is that too much in the past? I mean, I guess one of the stories here might be like, well, the Elks are going to be mad because they lost so bad. But is like, does anything that happened well, in that game transfer into this game? Well, no. I mean, that's a whole different team coming in. Obviously, um, I mean, they had some some tough wins. Obviously, come from come from behind wins. Uh, great to see. I mean, just the the fight that they got in themselves. Um, like I said, I mean their their depth, their roster's been changing. So I mean, we don't even know who's in front of us as far as player wise. So we're just out there for ourselves, practicing as if. Yeah, you know I mean it's another another opponent, obviously coming into our backyard. So we're just gonna go out there have fun, obviously, like we do week in and week out, and just you know what I mean, hope for the best outcome. Yeah. Okay, a couple more for you. Kind of some fun ones here, Lucky. As I referenced, you've had some explosive plays in the CFL. Uh, you've ran a kickoff back for a touchdown. You've ran a punt back for a touchdown. You're 
an explosive receiver. You can go deep. You can get yak. You can do a lot of things. Do you have a favorite play that you've made in the CFL? You know, if someone hadn't heard of you or seen you play, is there one play you would say, look, look this one up on YouTube. This is my favorite play. Uh, uh, I would probably go to probably the field goal return last season against um Ottawa. Just the fact that we, I had like them, my whole team following me into the end zone. I think it was probably like between six to eight guys at one point at like the 30 yard line. I'm racing one of my guys to the end zone. So I think that play was definitely very, very fun for myself. And I, and I love going end zone to end zone any, any day of the week. Well, yeah, that sounds fun. Okay. And I'm going to really, this, you might think this is a weird one, but, uh, <laughs> To me, you're always easy to recognize on the field, not just because of your speed, but you've often got the hair coming out of your helmet. Have you ever been tackled by the hair? Because I think that's allowed, isn't it? It's definitely allowed. Uh, I've been, I mean, it's been pulled. Uh, I think when I was in Winnipeg, I had I had a grad one time. I know it's not intentional, but people just, I mean, you got to grab what you can. <laughs> I mean, and I think I'm moving at pretty a pretty high speed, so I get it. You know what I mean? It sucks, but at the end of the day, it doesn't – people ask me, does it hurt? And it really doesn't because it's super quick and all this is happening very fast. So it does not hurt, but it's, it doesn't feel good either. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Well, Lucky, thanks for checking in. I know you uh, you were at practice today and doing all your film study and that kind of stuff, so we appreciate you watching us on Inside Sports. Look, I, I have a personal policy uh, that if a team is playing the Elks the weekend coming up, uh, it would be bad form to uh, to wish you good luck for that game, but I'll wish you good luck for the rest of the season after you play the Elks Saturday. Is that a fair I compromise? I love that. I appreciate it. That's fair. <laughs>